Hello, and welcome to another edition of Forrester CXCast. Each week, we speak with an analyst from the customer experience team about their research or discuss a customer experience topic in the news. My name is Deanna Laufer, along with my co-host Sam Stern. You'll hear our voice each week. Hello, and welcome to another episode of CX Cast. I am your co-host, Deanna Laufer, joined always by my other co-host, Sam Stern. Hello. And today we are joined by Forrester customer experience researcher, Kelly Price. Welcome, Kelly. Hi there. Hi, Kelly. Kelly is in our San Francisco office and um, also where we had our big annual customer experience San Francisco forum last week. And Kelly has joined us to recap what happened for those of you who weren't there or maybe those of you who are there and don't remember anymore. <laughs> like you, Sam. Yeah, like me. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, so we just wanted to get your thoughts about the event and some of the key themes that came out of it. And maybe we'll also share some research that we think builds on some of those themes. And Kelly is the perfect person to do this, we should point out, because she was sitting in the front row taking notes for an upcoming report that we'll, uh, we'll add to the show notes for this uh, podcast episode once that report is out. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. So, Kelly, I know you've been reading through your notes and, and looking for themes and categories. So maybe you could just start off by telling us, you know, what, what emerged from the forum last week that really stood out to you in terms of the themes from both the industry speakers and, and the forester speakers that were there? Yeah, I would say this event was a little bit different than some of our past ones. It had a much bigger focus on technology, and we mm. pulled in some of our analyst experts in areas like mobile, IoT, uh, AR and VR from other teams to contribute to this. So it was more thinking about how does CX fit into the technology trends that are emerging. Yeah, we had our colleagues, uh, Michael Facemeyer, Julie Osk, Jeffrey Hammond, among others. J.P. Gounder joined us, who have much deeper expertise, knowledge about emerging technologies, but also how to integrate those emerging technologies with existing technology systems at large companies. Mm-hmm. Speaking of themes, another person <laughs> who um, spoke was Julie Osk, who is our resident mobile expert, Matt Forster. And she said something in her talk that kind of resonated with me and kind of linked, I think, a lot of the content together, and that's get comfortable with being out of control. Yes, the comfort with lack of comfort. Because she was showing an example example from a sort of health situation she'd had in her own life in a foreign country and sort of reimagining it with a mobile infused interaction with her doctor and the local doctors in this other country. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it was really interesting to see how all of that could be brought to bear to bring much more immediacy and context to an experience, but also took you out of all of these sort of accepted, preferred processes, practices, right, Kelly, for delivering that kind of experience, which was the discomfort part. And I think part of it is that customers are operating in such a complex ecosystem and how much ownership you have over their total experience is becoming increasingly um, limited and it's difficult to design through that perspective. Yeah, and just one thought back on Julie Osk's talk too, I think subtext to that, and Kelly, you were just sort of alluding to it now, is the idea that, you know, frankly, the companies are are just accepting reality, which is they've already lost control Mm -hmm. of these end-to-end experiences. Uh, Customers are in and out of the parts of the journey that involve the company, you know, interacting with so many other companies, services, you know, through so many channels that you stop pretending is almost the message rather than, hey, become comfortable and see what happens. It's like you've lost control. So 
admit right. it and figure it out. Yeah, yeah, I think Julie talks about this sometimes as the app plus strategy, which is to say you can build a mobile app, but a lot of your customers are never going to come to that app because even <laughs> though we have research that says that people spend more time in mobile apps than they do on the mobile web, that's really just like five apps and most of it is Facebook. And unless you're Facebook, that doesn't really help you. So you better <laughs> provide opportunities for your customers to engage with you on Facebook or we're seeing things like American Airlines and other airlines embedding Uber in their app because they know they have to sort of share this ecosystem of customers in a different way that does lose control. So Kelly, sorry, I, we interrupted you a bit there, but uh, you know, bringing it forward to Allegra with the wayfinding as a frame for thinking about customer journeys when you've lost so much control over the end-to-end journey. So maybe I'll bring you back to that point where we interrupted you. Sure. Well, I think one example, a bit different, but we had Heather Zorn from Amazon speak at the event, and she's one of the product leaders for developing the Echo or the Alexa, whatever is the right way to refer to it. Um, (laughs) And I think that's an interesting case study in how you design a new experience embracing this idea of being out of control. So what they're doing is they're opening up Alexa to be developed by partners to create these things called skills that help Hmm. make Alexa smarter. Um, So they're not necessarily defining what it is that Alexa can do. They are collaborating and co-creating with developers outside of Amazon to create the experience and then looking at what are our customers actually engaging in? What do they like about this? What's not working? And then using that to guide us. So it's a very fluid process and it's allowing Alexa to kind of become the experience that customers want by virtue of that fluidity. It reminds me to some extent of a, you know, seven year on version of what happened with the first iPhone where you launch this piece of technology that has promise but not much going for yet. And then suddenly, I mean, and I think Amazon does sound like they're being more open, planful about this from the beginning. Apple almost stumbled upon the App Store and suddenly Mm -hmm. that opened up all these possibilities for what you could do, functions, tasks on the phone that turned it from Apple's version of a smartphone into something new and much more at the center of our lives. And that's what Amazon seems to be going for, Echo and Alexa, with with all of these other developers involved. Yeah, it reminds me of that app, If Do Then. I can never remember the name of this thing. <laughs> but basically, it's um, people can use it to link apps together so that mm. it's, it sends you a message. If it's raining, your, it, your weather app knows that. And Basically, it just opens up the functionality for customers to build upon, which makes it more valuable for customers who get that added functionality, and it makes sort of the platform itself more valuable. So it's really smart what Amazon's doing, making it open, because it can, in fact, actually add to the value of the platform without Amazon having to do all the development work themselves. Right, Right. and the advantage for developers, this is getting installed in a lot of places, so there's obvious potential reach there, but also they're getting so much data back about users interacting with mm-hmm. Alexa that, that they're learning from. The only thing I'll say, I'll editorialize here for a moment, the video that the woman from Amazon played at the start showed Alexa, people interacting with Alexa, but it was like one individual and Alexa kept having conversations or having interactions. And I don't know, it, to me it felt like a, a preview of that movie, Her, you know, the, the future, yeah. future movie where everyone walks around with their version, yeah. their advanced version of Alexa in their ear all the time, just having these private conversations. Well, more people do live alone than ever before. So yeah. in one out of four American households, it is just you and Alexa. As computing moves to become more and more conversational, what does that mean for how we emotionally connect yeah. with our experiences and with brands? And so another thing that Heather said was that people were using Alexa in a lot of ways. They're kind of predictive. It's for productivity tasks, listening to music. But one thing that they weren't actually anticipating was how many people 
think of Alexa as a companion. Yeah. Um, and they do a lot of customer interviews, and she said that in one-third of them, people mention the word love at least once. And so as we're interacting with companies more and more in the way that we interact with actual people in our lives, what does that mean for the relationships that we create with them? And how do you actually craft a brand that has a voice and a personality? It raises a lot of new questions about um, what it means to design for emotion and to connect with customers in new ways. Yeah, I mean, if Alexa is providing companionship to lonely people, then puts me in my place for my editorial <laughs> comment there. And <laughs> <laughs> and, and more importantly, I mean, that's a, it's a really powerful example of designing for emotion. If they're, people are feeling like it's that much of a conversation partner or a, you know, I don't want to say life partner, but a something you can count on in your life that, that makes your life better. So, Kelly, we talked about Alexa, we talked about Allegra, we talked about um, uh, Julie. Anyone else jump out at you in terms of content or themes from the forum? Yeah, there was a lot of great stuff. Another speaker that I really enjoyed, being someone who's a big into research, uh, was Scott Kelton Jones from Expedia. Mm. And he talked about how they're integrating um, EMG or emotional measurement as sort of this continuous iterative testing that they're doing to improve their site um, in very subtle ways by capturing emotional reactions that are often subconscious that people hmm. can't self-report. How are they detecting no it? So the EMG technology, they're basically like electrodes that you wear on oh. your face and it's measuring like very, very subtle movements of these muscles. And this technology has been developed through universities and by academics for a long time. It's actually not anything new, but it's just mm-hmm. the application that is new. And they're able to measure things at like a really micro level just through like one frame of animation. Mm-hmm. Able to see like this isn't having the impact that we want. This is somehow frustrating people. And to really get in at that level of detail and improve the experience that way. That's really interesting because typical usability testing requires the person to actually sit there and narrate their experience, what's good and bad, and the moderator to some extent can read the facial expressions but this sort of takes away the need for the person to even express themselves someone actually asked that question at the forum Um, we opened up the audience and they were like this seems a little bit like overkill for me and scott's response is he's like you know actually i agreed with you initially it's Hmm. sort of like why this seems like unnecessary (laughs) but through the process of testing it and actually seeing the level of detail they could get and when they're monitoring the customers using this emg technology they can pinpoint these moments and say, like, oh, it seems like something about that felt a little off to you. And the customer's coming back, like, what are you, psychic? How did you, <laughs> how did you know that? And so it's just it's such a more nuanced level of detail that it's just augmenting the capability of traditional usability testing, I would say. That is interesting to get a user to comment on something that you perceived that they might not have been noticed or Mm-hmm. that they weren't planning to articulate, get them to reflect on something, and, and you've already registered it in that other sort of data source, right, That the, the muscle spasm or, or whatever it is. Right. And then, so you can pair that with how they think about it or describe it. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. So if this seems like something that is sort of, you know, this seems overkill, the person who's the, leading the lab was a skeptic of it, how do you convince designers, for instance, take this information and, you know, you come to them and say, well, there's like subtle emotional reactions, you need to change your design. You know, how do you get people not to just scoff at that type of feedback? So what they're doing at Expedia is they're pulling people from across the organization to sit in on these tests. So basically, similar to Scott's experience of getting, understanding its value through actually seeing it, they're doing that to get buy-in um, across the organization, not just with stakeholders, but with engineers, with the designers, and that has had a big impact on people really believing in this as a way to make their experience better. Yeah, I think that's really important no matter what kind of testing you're doing, even focus groups. Yeah. A lot of people aren't always like, oh, well, how much value can we really add? And until you open them up to people from across the company, 
and they see the value of having the customers there, then they start to really understand. Yeah. Why is that one-way glass 50 feet wide? Because we're trying to accommodate hundreds of people on the other side to see this in the flesh. Yes. Wonderful. Well, Kelly, anything else you wanted to call out about the forum? I will note, as I give you a second to think, that um, I, they on day one in the morning, the um, speakers on stage, Harley Manning in particular, were interacting with Alexa. And Alexa did not have any issues. And, you know, told, told a joke. <laughs> told a joke when asked to tell a joke. Gave answers about the, uh, the Patriots beating the Bengals, which Harley had teed up because he wanted to uh, rub it into, I guess, the few people from Cincinnati in the audience. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and, uh, yeah, she worked well. So that was, I, I wonder if the woman from Amazon was sort of sweating that out, but it went, it went very well. Yeah, well, I will say, I mean, there's a lot of great content spanning a lot of different topics and mm. things that will push people's thinking, some more bread and butter, CX stuff, how do you research customers. I think you gave an excellent presentation on culture, Sam, that I think would be valuable for anyone to watch. And in the report that we'll be writing to summarize, that mm. we're going to include video experts, some of the key highlights from the actual speakers, so you can get this information straight from the speaker's mouth, not just... <laughs> from me writing them secondhand. So um, I think that'll make it an interesting recap uh, to engage with. Great. We'll make sure that listeners get a hold of that document when you finish it for that <laughs> wait, document that's ready. patiently. And yeah. also, if you attended the forum this week, uh, this is the week after the forum, I'm on, on speaking on October 26th, and this podcast should go out uh, October 27th, but we will start posting videos and presentations and content from the forum. So if you attended... Uh, you can get access to that. If you didn't attend and your colleague did, you can talk to them about getting access to that. And if you didn't uh, attend and don't have a colleague that attended, well, you missed out. Come next year. Yeah. And if you did attend and you got the feedback survey, please fill it out because we always like to hear how you think the event went and any suggestions for next year. That's right. So thanks again for joining us today, listeners. We look forward to seeing you again next week. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's CXCast. We'll post links to the reports we mentioned in this episode in the podcast show notes. For questions or suggestions, please contact me at d-l-a-u-f-e-r at forrester.com. And remember, your customer's perception is your CX reality.